Hey, thanks for joining us again on the Life and Rhythm podcast. I'm so excited about this episode where we talk about gospel clarity and spiritual formation. I want to encourage you again to like and subscribe. It helps other people to know about what we're up to here at Rhythm Community. And also, if you could post your comments, we want to hear what you're thinking about this, what questions you may have. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Welcome to the Life and Rhythm Podcast, where we hope to equip rhythm communities to be formed by God, with one another, for the good of others, in the valley as it is in heaven. Bro, I'm so pumped. You are. Dude, this this is like... Probably the episode I've been looking forward this to is, the most. You should. You've had like, I don't know, 20 years of uh, training <laughs> on spiritual formation. What has it been? Yeah, How many degrees? Years, just a couple. <laughs> uh, so this episode is all about the gospel, clarifying what it is around the ideas of spiritual formation. Cool. So I want to start what off. Is, what is spiritual formation? Well, yeah. So great question. Okay. Without my own words, I want to talk about our unofficial bishop, Shout out to Todd Hunter. Todd Hunter, we need to have Todd. Please, we need Todd. to have you <laughs> on the podcast. Please, we do. It'd be awesome. I agree. So this is what he says. Okay, you're gonna love this. I think everybody will enjoy his definition of spiritual formation. So he says, spiritual formation is actually spiritual transformation. So everyone comes to Jesus with a formed spirit. Hmm. The question is, which way is that spirit bent? Where does it need realignment with the kingdom? And in what way does it need renovation? Spiritual formation is the recreative work of God in our lives meant to train us for life in his kingdom. Dang. We need to stop the podcast. Yep, done. I know, that's it. That's, Let's just reread that over and over and over about. again. Well, I mean, tell, tell us why that stood out to you as the definite, all your training, all of, you know, yeah. as you've been dialed in with spiritual formation over the years. Yeah. Why well, this? First off, this definition jumps out to me because you and I have spent time with Todd. Sure. And he embodies this. Yeah, absolutely. When I think about seasoned Christian leaders that I've hung out with over the years, by far, he's at the top of like, man, when I'm with him, I am more aware of what Jesus is mm-hmm. up to. I, I want to be more like Jesus Absolutely. after I'm with him. So that, that to me is one of the reasons why I say this, because this dude doesn't just talk about it. He lives it out. And I don't know Richard Foster. I've never hung out. With, I never got the chance to hang out with Dallas Willard. You know? mm-hmm. So when I think of like awesome spiritual formation definitions, even Robert Mulholland's definition in his book, An Invitation to a Journey, when he just talks about spiritual, spiritual formation is just being formed into the image of Christ. That was mm-hmm. his definite. Very simple, basic. I just like the meatiness of this. It feels more robust to like consider that everybody who comes to Jesus already has a formed spirit. Just the question is, which way is it bent? And hmm. then even that what, first what, part. Let's pause there. What yeah, does that mean? That everybody has a bent yeah. towards formation? Yeah. Well, I, I think that that very simply means that everybody is in the process of, of being formed in character-wise mm-hmm. inside your virtues or your vices. We're all being formed, either formed into Christ-likeness or deformed okay. 
into something else. So whether it's intentional or accidental, you and I are both being formed by a lot of things. That's really good. So would you say that God is forming us even without our intention? That there's like a general revelation of formation that's happening? I, well, I will say this, and again, this is totally Todd. I didn't, I didn't create this. But he would say that God is moving all of history towards his desired end. Hmm. So he is, I think he is, based on the narrative of Scripture, giving us tons of freedom within the story. I don't think that he's making every snowflake fall exactly where he wants it to fall. And I don't think he's giving people sure. cancer. I don't think that he's causing this tree to fall on your car right. when you wake up after a storm. Um, sometimes he may be miraculously involved in that. But I think for me, I think he is shaping and forming not just us, mm-hmm. but when I think about it, it's universal. He's right. shaping all of history towards his desired end mm. of the restoration of all things. And he wants us to be a part of his mission, not Good. us begging him to be a part of our mission. Sure. And and again, I think that comes from, I think the best thing we can do is become more like Jesus. Before we talk about doing anything, that's why I love how he starts his definition of spiritual formation is actually spiritual transformation. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that definition from the standpoint of, we, we were talking about this before we started recording, that there's so much of our lives that we want just a quick fix. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it probably endlessly or tirelessly for the, for the listener uh, on our podcast, because it, it is what we see in our culture is that we, we are not patient, Um, especially in the Western church, Western people, I can just in general, American culture is not a patient culture, Um, is very evident when you go uh, overseas, when you go to other countries, um, we are not other countries' biggest fan, like they don't, they don't love us. Most being, places, I like heard. I don't money. know. I don't. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even yeah. I heard this. I don't know if this is true, but I heard Hawaii is not allowing drive American drivers anymore <laughs> because of how impatient we are. I don't know, but they should. They should stop. They just want to not be included in, yeah, in the, the colonization of this. <laughs> They're like. Can we just be over here? Yeah, by ourselves. But yeah, I mean, like, I mean, you go, you know, we've been to Hawaii before. It's like yeah. you want to, there's a pace that's um, a lot slower. Uh, we, we've been, you know, so we've mentioned Go Ministries. Uh, I love taking trips. We're going to take trips uh, through the community at some point. And so stay tuned to that. But I love taking, um, I love taking people over there and just experiencing siesta. Yeah, dude. You know, just this, like, there's just a slowness that man really irritates Americans. There is such a thing as island time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But we, we translate that sort of hurriedness, that busyness, that, that anxiety into every area of our life. Yeah. You know, we do one thing, you know, speaking to parents or, or our physical life, whatever it may be, marriage. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we talked about this, um, you know, to a kid. And it's like, well, why doesn't, why isn't this happening? We yeah. talked about that last week with, with Mei Lin. Like, yeah, and there's so much reorientation that we have to do on, on ourselves. Um, and there's so much that's placed on us as kids right. that we just continue to pass that on generation to generation. Yeah. And so when we talk about transformation. Mm-hmm. That is a long road Yeah. Um, that a lot of times we're uncomfortable with um, taking, you yeah. know, to be honest. 
Yeah, uh, shout out to Matthew Guzman who helps us record this because before we started this episode, he was like, hey, just make sure to mention Absolutely. that this transformational process is slow. Yeah. And he's right in that uh, I loved Eugene Peterson's phrase of this is a long obedience in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And it, that long word, we, we don't want this journey to be more like a crock pot than a microwave. Like we want it, we want to be able to press the button, give right. me the book, give me the three key principles and, and let me just go do it. And then I'll be transformed. And character formation is not like that. Uh, one of my favorite books on character formation wasn't even written by a Christian. Her name is Julia Annis. And she was a teacher at the University of New Mexico. Mm. And she wrote a book called Intelligent Virtue that just talks about from a secular point of view, how do you develop virtue within people in your company? How do you have integrity, mm. wholeness from the top down in your organization? And she uses the illustration of, well, how would you, she goes, instead of thinking it just in terms of virtue development, how would you teach somebody to play the piano? That's where she starts. Or how would you teach somebody to play a sport? She puts it in an arena that we all can understand that when you first, if you've ever tried to play the piano, you don't show up and just know how to play the piano. You practice, you learn basic chords. Over time, there's a freedom yeah. that comes with it. We would call it a flow. Yeah, There absolutely. would be a rhythm to it that where you're not even conscious sometimes of what you're doing, where you're just playing music. Like, mm. and it's coming out of you. And she, and so she relates that to our lives of what if we were to become transformed? I don't think it's possible without the Holy Spirit to become that kind of person. I think that's why Jesus came. I think that's why he died and resurrected. And I think that is the good news that he doesn't leave us as orphans to live in freedom. Hey, go figure it out on your own. I think he gives right. us his Holy Spirit as a guide, as a teacher, as somebody who comes alongside us as an advocate and shows us over and over again, no, this is how you play the piano. And let's right. learn these simple chords over time. And you don't, get, you don't get to be a great piano player even if you're an amazing talent in one year. You don't, you don't get there. It takes a long time. Yeah, and uh, you know, to use Todd Hunter's illustration, when we were with him uh, last year or a year and a half ago, yeah. um, he used the illustration of uh, Mike Trout, the baseball player, yeah. and yeah. how he would, he would watch him underneath – the stadium, uh, just taking taking BP from a T, <laughs> like from a practice T. Yeah, yeah. And well, just his whole regimen yes, that Trout has, um, and, and I've I've watched videos. So if you YouTube, there's some videos on him and just his his whole um, what his whole practice before a game, what he does, yeah. how often he hits, to what area he's hitting it in. Yeah. I mean, it is so. Um, so dialed in. Right. And the beauty of it is it's unseen. Yeah. Yeah, we see Mike Trout go up and just crank it. Dingers, you know, <laughs> yeah. just hitting bombs. Yeah. But what we don't see is that meticulous work, mm -hmm. the 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 long obedience the same direction. Yeah. The little things that he's doing day in and day out. And that's what I think about when I think about spiritual formation. I think about not the tip of the iceberg, what you see, no. you know, from people how you view people looking more like Jesus. Um, you know, we see just such a small percentage of people's public lives. Yeah. Really, it's coming from a private sector. It's coming from the private life mm -hmm. that really makes itself known yeah. um, and should. You know, obviously, if our private life was completely different than our public life, there would be what we call that being, you know, 
heretical or or uh, hypocritical. Yeah. Is what, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's so much to that. I think is is beautiful with, um, and it's not, it's not hard work, um, or it's not. I shouldn't say. I should say it's hard work. It's not. Uh, it's not like we achieve it overnight, like right. you're saying. Yes. Um, but it's it's the small steps. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Yeah, bro. And just like physical growth is a very slow process, and we see that in raising kids, our spiritual growth is no different. We don't get, like, there are things, there's a great little booklet called The 33 Things That Happen at the Moment of Salvation, which I think is true, hmm. that there are 33 things that become true of us the moment that we start to abide in Christ, receive him, things like all of a sudden you're now adopted into the family of God. You've made that surrender decision, even though you may have had a long process into that decision, hmm. there is a choice of like, okay, I'm gonna be baptized into his death and resurrection. I'm gonna commit my whole life to this. I'm gonna covenant with him. And then they just talk about 33 things that happen at the moment of salvation. But it takes a lifetime to live into that identity. That doesn't happen overnight. And so for me, when I think about spiritual formation, especially with gospel clarity, there's a six-part definition of spiritual formation. I'd love to spend the rest of our time digging into Absolutely. because I think it talks about not only how does it happen, how are we formed, but like what are we formed into? And then like now that we become like Christ in some ways and begin to play the piano, you know, like what's that for? Yeah. What, what is that formation for? And so this is totally ripped off of J.K. Jones, who both he taught us both mm -hmm. when we were in college. That's when you and I started our beautiful friendship. <laughs> so, so beautiful. So beautiful. So this is the six-part definition. I just want to jump into it. So number one, God the Holy Spirit takes the initiative. Number two, through various means. Number three, in cooperation with our response. Number four, changes us to look more like Jesus. Number five, in order to serve others. And number six, to the glory of God. Hmm. So God, the Holy Spirit, takes the initiative through various means, in cooperation with our response, changes us to look like Jesus in order to serve others to the glory of God. Hmm. And the six parts, each one of those six to me, screams, is saturated with the gospel. Because even from the beginning, God, the Holy Spirit, takes the initiative we yeah. talked about this a couple episodes ago, yeah. but who cares more about your salvation? Who cares more about your soul? Yeah. Do you care more about it or does the creator God care more about yeah. it? I would argue, based on what I see in the New Testament and Old Testament, God cares way more about it mm -hmm. than we ever will. So he takes the initiative. He's the great initiator. He begins and finishes. Mm -hmm. So when I think about how are we formed, well, first and foremost, the Holy Spirit takes the initiative. So just curious, how do you, how do you see the gospel? What, what is good news about that statement? I mean, so much of what we talked about in the last couple of episodes. So if you haven't yeah. listened to episode, um, was that four? Mm -hmm. Then I would encourage you to listen to episode four. Cause I, for me in talking about my performance tendencies, that there's a lot of things that I, I, you know, it's like ambition or, or, you know, taking initiative yeah. and we, we, uh, idolize that so much yeah. in our culture. Um, ambition is a, is a, is a good trait. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about that is it's not a very biblical one. Mm. Like actually Paul says, don't be ambitious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Pretty straight up. um, so 
yeah, I think there's a lot within that, that this does within me that I, I don't have to do the initiation of that. I don't have to work. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't, sorry. It doesn't mean I don't have to work, right? Mm. But I get to do that with God instead yeah. of doing that so that God will love me or that so that I can have favor or so that I can have fulfillment. Um, it's, it's not that means to that end. Yeah. It's, uh, which is ultimately focused on me, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I get to just be with God as he initiates things. And as I mentioned, I think for me personally, as I mentioned in episode four, um, I just get, get to ask a question like, hey, God, where, where are you at work and how can I join you? Yeah. That's where I'm at my best um, is when I'm just at peace with that, the fact that God is initiating and I get to rest in that. Bro, that word rest to me is, if I could like sum up salvation in one word, it'd probably be rest. Because there's a lot of striving mm-hmm. going on. And I'm not talking about just in our culture. I'm talking about in myself. There's a lot of striving. Mm-hmm. And it convicts me when I read the Old Testament story and I see the great Exodus story of slavery. And they're depicting these millions of Israelites coming out of Egypt. And what is the very first thing God tells them to do? What's the very first command? As they get out and they're free. And he says, I need you to reinstitute the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I need you to rest. Okay, you've been, it's been 400 years. You've been in slavery. You've been making bricks every day. Bricks, 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 bricks. You've been about productivity. If you're going to be my people, we have to learn how to rest again. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be consequences. Like his consequences are severe for not resting. Yeah, man. And I, and I think it comes out of the, the false identity piece. I agree. When, when I'm not identifying as a son mm-hmm. of the king, as a son of God, yeah. um, as, a, uh, as a, I'm adopted in mm-hmm. to, I, you know, I just, there's so much that we could go into with this, that specifically identity piece, because identity then yeah. leads into our habits. Yeah. Uh, we work out of that. So, um, a reference I'll make. You know, again, I don't know James Clear's background in terms of his faith, mm-hmm. but Atomic Habits is a foundational book um, for me for spiritual formation. Because yeah. he talks about the first chapter is all about identity. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't say anything about Jesus. Yeah. But for me, as a follower of Jesus. Yeah one that identifies as a disciple maker, a disciple that makes disciples. We've talked about this a lot. Um, man, everything flows from that. All yeah. the habits that I create yeah. come from that identity. Right. And I think that to me, again, is good news of like, he's not just giving us tasks to do. He's giving us a new name. Yeah. He's, he's rebranding our entire life. Our entire, our core of who we are is reoriented towards a family. Mm-hmm not towards slavery, not towards a bunch of obligations, but family and identity. So I think that's beautiful. Yeah, talk about talk a little bit more about that through um, various means, that second piece. Yeah, so when I think about how the Holy Spirit takes the initiative, right? He does that through various means. Mm-hmm. So some of the top Christian ways in which we see the Holy Spirit taking initiative is obviously through the Bible, I believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. It's authoritative completely over my life. I submit to it. I soak in it every day. So that to me is a massive means Mm -hmm. by which God takes initiative. He put this down and it's a living word. It's not a dead 
text. It's why I open it every day and wrestle with how the Holy Spirit is wielding this sword over my life. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's a means by which he takes initiative. I think he takes initiative in prayer when I'm listening in prayer, that he takes the initiative and puts things on my mind that would never be on my mind. Hey, call your mom today. Like, maybe I didn't Did want to call, call my today? mom today. I didn't. No. Sorry, mom. Sorry. But what if, he, what if he does prompt me to do that and I don't respond? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not that he's going to give up on me. He's going to continue to give me means after means after means. What I heard in Wade's story and what I've heard from many people's story who yeah. suffered, that that is one of God's sharpest tools. That's one of his sharpest means of spiritual transformation, suffering. And we see that in the New Testament. Yeah. I think that's why the book of James was the very first New Testament book written. Yeah. And why Job in the Old Testament was the very first book written. Yeah. Because they're both about suffering. How do I deal with a good mm -hmm. God who's supposed to be all powerful in a world that I live in and it is jacked up and I'm experiencing that daily? And James, the book of James in the New Testament starts off by saying, hey, consider it pure joy because in that tension, you are being formed. You're actually, his whole yeah. thing is, you won't mature Here's the deal, without dude. pain. Yeah, I remind my wife every day of that. <laughs> you know, when we're arguing, I'm just saying, Honey. Babe, consider yeah. it pure joy that you're <laughs> you married to me. <laughs> uh, that's good. You know? Yeah. So there, that's a word there. You're welcome. You're yeah. welcome. Yes, through various means. He does it through friends, relationships, the rhythms, the atomic habits that you were just talking about. That's a part of how he's forming us. Those are all means of grace, yeah. means of gospel, good news. That is not just a one-way thing. It's like he's not just doing one thing. He is from every angle pursuing us, putting so, his presence around us. All right. So would you say that um, we, you know, everything? So we either we're either worshiping the Creator or worshiping creation. Um. So, in a lot of a lot of ways, we our friend Wade. I'm not. Yeah, he, he mentioned this, uh, like the idol factory, mm -hmm. that we're constantly, consistently just creating idols in our yeah. life. So is the orientation when we take, because there's a lot of things that we could say, well, you know, um, well, I'm just using that to, whatever that is, you know, um, to be more like Christ. I'm justifying my behavior, yeah. right? So I can continue to do X. Yeah. You know, I'm going with this. Yeah. Um, and spinning it to be like, well, no, it's 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 making me more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay, how how do we delineate between what is <laughs> the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and what is just Adam like yeah. <laughs> wanting Dude, something? Uh, a lot of humility is needed in right. that because we can't, in a lot of ways, know for sure. Like, I was just talking to a guy the other day that said that when he the reason he goes hiking all the time is that's one of the various means by which God is shaping him. Hmm. Is it up to me to tell him, nah, dude, every time you're not in, you're in nature, that's not God initiating? Like, well, clearly it is one of the ways. Like, yeah. all creation speaks of his glory and reminds us of the intricate universe that he made and the mm. big and the small all point to his loving care for mm. creation. So I can't argue with that in that sense, but maybe that dude's hiking too much. <laughs> like, maybe, like, I don't know, but I know- Should ask his wife. Right, yeah. It takes a lot of humility to discern this, and I think we do it, in community. So like the next piece of, yeah. we do this in cooperation with our response. If you haven't listened to our last season where we interview Michelle, when mm -hmm. he talks about, well, how do we partner with Jesus? What do we do to like walk and work with Jesus and learn the unforced rhythms of grace? And he says, we do that not alone. Yeah, dude. 
But so there, this is a plural word, like not in cooperation with my response, in cooperation with our response. Dang, that's good, man. We need each other to respond well in mm-hmm. that long obedience in the same direction. This isn't a solo journey. Mm. This is a communal journey, just like our God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are family. Yeah. And we can't embody the gospel alone. Yeah. We are not in and of ourselves the body of Christ. We're a part of the body, not the whole body. Man, there's so much we could say on this, you know, with a lot going on in the world around us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, I, I do believe the polarization of our society is not one of politics or one of, um, you know, position, mm-hmm. but it is one of identity. Yeah. That when you're disagreeing with somebody for whatever purposes, yeah. you know, or w- whatever it is, um, whether it be COVID or whether it be any political thing that you want to drum up or whether it be even stuff within the church, yeah, um, you are... It is. It becomes clear that it, this is not just a belief thing. It is an intricate part of their identity. Right. And I think that's a huge piece huge. that gets overlooked yeah. because we're so individualistic. Yeah. And we, you know, truth is truth to me because it's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and those feelings could be in the moment. It yeah. could be things that are baked in for years and years and years. Um. But yeah, man, I, I think our, our response. Yeah, especially to one another. To one another is huge, yeah. I saw uh, Carlos Whitaker posted yeah. yesterday on Instagram. He said, did you see that? Whatever, mm. He said, whatever you're not willing to say to a person mm. face-to-face, don't say that to a person over a screen. Yeah. But this is, the screen protects us. And when we're face-to-face, I think that's why in Matthew 18, when Jesus says, if you want to confront somebody, if you, if you do have a disagreement, Go to them, like mm-hmm. meet, meet with them face to face, because in seeing them, it's just harder to gossip in front of somebody. It's harder to blast them when they're right in front of your face. There's something about humanity that disarms us a lot of times because we see ourselves in the other person and it softens us. And so I think that was great. That was great advice. So we can't do That's the huge. cooperation piece by ourselves. And I would just, again, going back to the freedom piece the cooperation isn't mandatory. Right. This is an invitation. God is a gentle God. When you look at Jesus, how he invited people into a life of disciple making, mm-hmm. it was never forced. It was always, you want to come? Follow me? You want to come check this out? Okay, come on. And let me show you as you go. Look yeah. how, I mean, just look at the apostle Peter and look how patient he is in Peter's formation. Mm-hmm. Like if I could recommend one spiritual formation book, especially about identity, is David Benner's book, the gift of being yourself. Hmm. If we could put that in the notes for other people to check that out in Amazon, because that whole first three chapters is all about identity and about the apostle Peter's journey of like one from unbelief to complete dedication. And like, I will sell out for this. I will die for Jesus. I'm in love with this guy. And, and it just shows his journey of identity of like, I'm not sure who I am. I'm not sure who you are. Mm -hmm. And he quotes Thomas Merton a lot in that Mm. talking about, we will know our true selves when we come to know who God is. And when yeah. we come to know who God is, we'll know who we are together. Yeah, absolutely. So in cooperation with that's our great. response, huge. No. That's good. And so that, yeah, so it goes into then changes us to look like Jesus. Yeah. Um, what are those, you know, what are those markers? What are those things that we need to be looking for? 
um, in terms of looking more like Jesus? Yeah, so I would like to go back to this whole, we're talking about it without talking about it, but this is a dynamic thing. It's not a static thing of I reached Christ-likeness and now I'm done. I've leveled up in my character formation. And mm-hmm. my, my favorite, probably if I had to pick one spiritual formation passage in scripture is 2 Corinthians 3, where it just says, when somebody turns to the Lord, and notice it's saying like, basically the Lord's already turned towards you. Hmm. So when somebody turns towards the Lord, the veil is taken away, for the Lord is the spirit, and wherever the spirit is, there's freedom. freedom. Love that. He says, so all of us that have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him Hmm. as we are changed into his glorious Hmm. image. So this whole idea of spiritual formation is spiritual transformation, this process of I'm becoming more and more like him. And there's a few places I go to in scripture when I'm, when I'm looking at in the mirror of, am I growing more and more like him? I do look at the fruit of the spirit. Am I becoming more loving? Just, is that my response to things? Am I becoming more patient, joyful? You know, am, am I really gentle? Do I care about it always going my way or am I okay with it going somebody else's mm. way? Am I self-controlled? Like, do I have that? Am I faithful? Am I considered a faithful person? Am I kind? Am I good? Like, and so that's one of the places that I run to and measure, am I growing in Christ-likeness or not? And mm. I ask community to speak into that. And then two other places that I run to all the time are the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Mm. Am I embodying that kingdom life that Jesus says, hey, good news. That's good. Everybody's welcome into this life. Let me tell you a little bit about what this life is. So that to me is like, am I growing and living that Christ-likeness out? Am I forgiving people? Am I, he talks about money a lot in that. (laughs) Am I holding my money loosely? Am I using that for the good of others? Or am I selfishly for gain in -hmm. money? How do I feel about forgiveness? Mm -hmm. All that. So I, Sermon on the Mount, and then the other passage I run to is Colossians 3, 1 to 17, where he just, the Apostle Paul says, we need to take off some things because that's hindering our life in Christ. That's hindering our spiritual formation. So before you even start anything, just we need to repent and take off hmm. some clothes before we put on new clothes. Yeah. And that's when he says, and we just, most importantly, we need to put on love, which binds all this together because without love, it's pointless. Yeah, man. So that's just a few things that... Just a few. Just a few, just a few things there. Yeah. I, there's a lot that I've, I was thinking about when you were talking about... Um, I mean, so, so Galatians 5, yeah. for the Spirit... Um, I go back to, I was thinking about the prodigal God book and you'd said something about, you know, being in God's presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and Keller does a great job with talking about, it's, it's, a, it's a parable, not of the prodigal son, mm-hmm. just the one that goes away, but it's really a parable of the two lost sons. Yeah. They're both lost. And so often we look at the, the one that squanders, you know, his inheritance and then comes back and, you know, you know the story. Uh, God the Father runs towards him and, and brings him in. And Keller does a great job with really focusing in on the older son. So the older son was in proximity of the father. Like, he was around the father. So I would liken this to, like, maybe going to a to a church building or, or participating in religious activities, like where it's like, I'm in proximity of yeah. the things that could spiritually form me. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is the older son was always lost. 
because his motive, we talked about this in episode four, his desires were not oriented yeah. toward the father. So he's in proximity, but not in God's presence. Yeah. And that is a huge, you know, for, for me, that's something that I'm constantly thinking about mm-hmm. as I'm cultivating these practices or I'm, I'm cultivating these characteristics yeah. of the fruit of the spirit. That's all about being in the presence of God. It's yeah. all about being with him mm-hmm. instead of doing things for him or gaining, man, I want to be a more patient person yeah. so that I, I look better yeah. at being patient. Um, and the other thing I was thinking about with that is um, Sherry and I were talking about this the other day. And, and so my spiritual gift, or my spiritual gift, my um, love language is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And so she was affirming me on the things that I do, mm-hmm. which are, is only... Um, like reinforcing this sort of bad behavior within me that I have to perform or I have to do all these things yeah. unintentionally. She wasn't intending to do that. She was actually trying to like affirm me like, Hey, I really, yeah. you know, thank you for taking out the trash or, you know, all those things. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I was like talking, I was talking to her, I'm like, Hey, I, I don't want to be affirmed in that way. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, Hey, um, well, I'm trying here. And so you just tell me how you want to be affirmed. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> but I know it's not that. And so, you know, I, I slept on it. The next morning I woke up and I started thinking about it. And, you know, we're going through Followers Made, uh, which is um, Disciples Made program, establish a program that's six months long. So Prodigal God is a, a book that we read. Yeah. Uh, we're also just reading... Um, obedience-based discipleship. So reading a passage and then and asking a question, what do I believe? And then what am I going to do about it? Yeah. And for whatever reason, I forget the passage even, but I was thinking about, you know what? I want, I want her, not only do I want her to do this, but I want to do this mm-hmm. to other people. And that is affirm people in the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Man, you are so patient today. Wow. Thank you for, for displaying... Christ likeness in that way. I know that's hard yeah. or whatever it may be, but you know, go through the list and I would encourage, um, I've, I'm encouraging myself every day. So this is as a practice for me is to write out those characteristics and then write out how I see that displayed in the people around me. That's cool. And here's the deal. You know, we used to say this in student ministry all the time. Uh, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Yeah. If you cannot list out anybody that's reflecting the fruit of the spirit, you might have the wrong people around you, you know? Yeah, bro. Like you might just need to get some new friends. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that, that it's been a good practice for me and something I want to continue to practice as we go through this. Cause again, I think it's, yeah. it's really easy for us to behavior modify here. Yeah where it's like, okay, I'm going to be changed by Jesus. I'm going to do all these things. Yeah. And we're not really, it's a, it's an outward in instead of inward out. Yeah. And that, that's why I love this definition specifically, because it leads towards a place of, okay, I'm formed into what? What is the goal mm-hmm. of God in this? It's what's well, to be formed into Christ likeness, but the question of for what? Yeah. Like what? Okay. Yeah. All this inward, like, am I just becoming this Jesus-centered person, but is there a purpose mm-hmm. to this? And there very much is. Absolutely. Like, Jesus says in the same breath, the greatest commandment is to love God. Grow in that love in your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second one is like it. 
love your neighbors yourself. So I would say if your spiritual formation journey isn't leading to a place of these last two, like it's not gospel centered. And but you're constipated. <laughs> for real. You know, it's you, just, there's no are, out. You have become a, a dead sea in right. your life where everything in the, if you don't know anything about the dead sea, there's a lot of rivers flowing in. There's no outlets. Nope. And because of that, the salt content in that thing is so high that you can just float effortlessly. Yeah. Don't put your eyes in it. It's going to burn yeah, made, like crazy. I made that mistake. Yeah. And some mm-hmm. Christians are like that. Mm-hmm. You encounter them. It's like, you're burning my eyes. Like <laughs> You are painful to be with. And I, I just, there's no outflow. There's no right. serving others. And it's not for the glory of God. It's so that you can grow and be a better leader. It's right. so that you can grow and be more effective in your daily life. Sure. And so, you know, we talk about Philippians 2 all the time. But if it's not leading to a place of humble service of others mm-hmm. to the glory of God, then it's probably not genuine Christian formation. If it doesn't have anything to do with justice and the least of these and mercy, then it probably isn't centered on the gospel. The gospel leads us to a place that serves people that cannot serve us back. Yeah, man. And we're going to get into this later on in, in the episodes following, but uh, the phrase that comes to my mind is, I can't hear you because your actions are speaking louder than your words. Right. And there's got to be this curiosity that we cultivate within ourselves that goes beyond just, I believe this, yeah. and then I'm just going to be still, yeah. to I believe this, and it's propelling me yeah. to take action. Yeah. Um, and we talk about this a lot, obedience-based discipleship. We know more than what we can be obedient to. Right. We, sometimes we don't need a more knowledge. Uh, most of the time we don't. Mm-hmm. Or more scripture or more yeah. you know, Bible study or whatever it may be. We, need we be just need to be faithful. In Absolutely. the things that we already know. Um, and God, I believe this. God's called us uniquely. I mean, there, you are a one-of-a-kind person. Like There's nobody else with your fingerprints on this planet. Out of the billion, six billion, seven billion people, nobody else has what you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in your unique shape and how you've been formed. That, I mean, and, and nobody has you, nobody can, you know, nobody lives with your family or mm-hmm. is in your, your neighborhood or is around your coworkers, only you, you know? And there's an, an, an opportunity uh, for each and every one of us to take the responsibility that God has given us yeah. uh, to, be, to be a light. Um, to actually live this out, to not just be formed for ourselves, but to be transformed for the sake of other people. Yeah, bro. It's so good. Oh, I, I'm taking a deep breath because when I think about the people in my life that have yet to surrender their life to Jesus, when we get into it, why haven't you? It has a lot to do with the actions of people that call themselves Christians. Mm. Dang. And for me, personally, in my own journey, I almost didn't say yes to the gospel when I felt that it was true because of the example that I saw around me. And I would go so far as to say, and you can argue about this if you want to comment, fine. But I don't know if we have a quantity problem in the American church, that we need more and more just numbers of Christians. That'd be great. I think we have more of a quality problem. Mm -hmm. The quality of the people that are in churches week after week after week, are they really becoming more loving, more obedient to the Holy? Are they coming to a place where they really can say, I'm learning how to keep in step with the Spirit? 
in freedom and I'm bearing more fruit. Like John 15 goes from this place of fruit, more fruit, much fruit, abundant fruit. Are they coming to a place where they're abundantly fruitful so much so that people have to give glory to God? Mm -hmm. Or are they a pretty typical Christian that has a lot of reasons why I would never follow Jesus? Yeah. And that's why I care so much about spiritual formation. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, there's several rhythms that come to my mind uh, as we, as we encourage, we wrap up today. Um, Maybe for, maybe for you, maybe there's a a rhythm of confession, confessing to somebody in your life that um, you just need to simply say, I'm sorry for not displaying the fullness of the gospel. Start with your family. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe maybe there's something there, you know, for... And I'm even thinking about for me, like how, how have I, you know, based off of what we talked about last week with parenting, yeah. you know, I'm walking through that with my kids. Like Bro. I'm not, I'm, I'm more shame driven of like, Hey, you got to do what dad says. That's my, that's my, you know, my gut is to do that. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Cause we've said this before, how, how they view me as their dad is ultimately how they're going to view their Heavenly it's Father, that. it's going to shape yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. So, just just reiterating, I'm going to mess up, and yeah. I'm sorry uh, over you know over and over again. Yeah, dude. Um, and then be able to not just stop there, yeah. but to be able to to talk about the beauty of the gospel Bro. and the grace that's given and the love that the that our heavenly Father gives. Yeah. Um. So when I do mess up, to be able to say I'm sorry, but then also to be able to explain kind of the, the more the more full gospel story, the beautiful gospel story. Yeah, bro. I, I think that's such a beautiful gateway into freedom mm-hmm. is confession. Mm-hmm. So I would love to, yeah, for this week, go and consider, examine your life alongside of Jesus, the fruits of the Spirit specifically, mm-hmm. and go to those people that you love the most. Yeah. Start with them, your best friends, your, your wife, your husband, your kids. And say, I'm sorry, and I know that I've kind of lacked in this. And would you, the most powerful moments in parenting I've ever had is when I kneel with my kids and I apologize. Mm-hmm. And then I have them pray for me. Yep. Um, God, will you help dad be more patient, mm-hmm. more kind? Mm-hmm. And, and it's in that that we experience the good news. Uh, that's God's work. He wants to do that. He's Absolutely. waiting for us to surrender in it. Yeah. And so, yeah, before we could serve others, May we need to serve the people that are closest to us. Yeah, dude. And, and the best way glory, we do that. All glory yeah. to God. He gets all the credit for all this. Absolutely. So, dude, it's awesome. been awesome talking yeah. to us. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Yeah, much love. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life and Rhythm Podcast. We are on mission to live freely and lightly with one another for the good of others. Peace.